mountain, I'm handsome, I'm brave, I'm strong, I'm the mountain, and I enforce the law. You can try to run, you'll never hide. The mountain always gets his man. Hello and welcome to yet another wrestling podcast, episode 14. I am, as always, your host, B. David Hogg, and also, as always, I'm joined by The Fraser Porter. Hello, The Fraser Porter. Hello, B. David Hogg. Have you decided what the B is for uh, this no, week? No, I'll have a think during the show, and we'll we'll wrap up at the end. Ah, fair enough. You always have, you've always got to have something different for B. Yeah. B for the B. Yeah, that was a nice wee intro that you, you gave us there with the Mountie. Thank you. Mountie stuff. Have you, did you rehearse that? Uh, y- no. <laughs> No, wow, that was on improv, just straight straight from the mind of B. David Hogg. Uh, we've we've had a busy weekend of wrestling, we've had NXT TakeOver, we've had SummerSlam, we've had the final with the G1, we've had Raw, we've had SmackDown, I'm all, I'm all wrestled out. It's been, it has been a very busy weekend for wrestling, and I'm surprised I've managed to watch the majority of it. Like, I, I for someone who hasn't had Wi-Fi for the past week... Or the past few weeks, I'm surprised I managed to keep up with it. So I, I managed to watch all of it, and I was, I was quite chuffed with it. I'm really happy. I'm really pleased with the whole weekend. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a fairly interesting um, weekend. But we'll get into it match by match, card by card. So we just kick off with NXT Takeover Toronto. Yeah, just dive right in. Let's go straight in with NXT right, opening match: Street Profits against the Undisputed Era, and. Um, Straight off the bat, and this was something that was a pattern throughout the whole weekend, our predictions didn't work out. Yeah, I was as soon as that match happened and the result obviously being the Street Profits retaining their NXT tag team titles, I was like, okay, me and David have both got this completely wrong. And it sort of followed a trend, didn't it? It really did. Yeah, um, I don't quite know what, happened to you. I don't understand why the Undisputed Era didn't win. They've obviously got a bigger a bigger plan for them further down the line and with the Street Profits on Raw doing their thing over there I kind of don't understand why the Street Profits won but it was a, a good match nonetheless. Yeah it was a, it was a very good match and I, I've enjoyed the Street Profits more since they've won the titles than I did before but I don't think they needed a, a long reign so I was quite disappointed to see them retain here Great match. Montez Ford, I think, is the absolute star out of the tag team. Agreed. He could go really far as a single star in the future. Um, and I think this was a nice showcase for him. I just think Undisputed Era, they've, you know, I, I want to see them all draped in gold. 2019's coming. It's running, it's running out. We've got less time and we've not seen them draped in gold. Yeah, it's, it's got to be war games. I need to pull the trigger on them. Can, can you hear that sound from way up on the top rope just finally on the street profits um i can't remember which one it was uh apologies that went all out the rock for <laughs> he tried to hit people's elbow and eventually went for a rock bottom i thought that was a lovely touch yeah i think that was montez ford he, he is fantastic and i believe that they finished it with a an ode to me with a frog splash with a frog splash yeah they did. A little hog splash. Uh, speaking of hog splashes, the next match is getting the illustrious five-star hog splash, and that is Io Shirai uh, defeating Candice LeRae. And this was absolutely wonderful. What a bloody match this was. This was something special. The face and heel dynamic was played perfectly, and Candice LeRae in her first ever outing um, on a takeover was, was sensational. Very impressed. 
I, yeah, I think Candice finally sort of escaped the whole Mrs. Gargano thing with this. It's been a, it's sort of plagued her throughout her NXT run that she's always been tied to Johnny. And I think having this show, the showcase on this level, excellent, just excellent. Yeah, it was it was sensational compared to the other women's cu- uh, match on the card, which we'll get into a bit later. This was just absolutely brilliant, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Maybe a weapons match because the feud's not over. No, the feud isn't over, and I think that they'll be continuing it to the next takeover which i believe is war games war games yeah so i think we could maybe see something with weapons or maybe they'll have to do something that they can utilize the two rings and i think we'll do something with with weapons and it'll be good candace is is very good based on her indie career using and utilizing weapons in matches she's done a few matches with with that sort of stuff i feel like she could be quite bring comedy to the match as well just i'm excited to see what what they're doing io shirai as a heel is, is, is great yeah she's great it just um especially just talking in japanese as she would do for i still want her to come out and do a promo on nxe and just talk in japanese for like five minutes i think that'd be great and just do a whole just yeah as a heel yeah yeah that would it would work it would work Certainly would. Um, speaking of things that worked and things that happened, uh, our next match was another one that we got wrong in the predictions. It was uh, the Undisputed Era not getting all of the gold because the Velveteen Dream beat Pete Dunne and Roddy Strong. They did. I've seen some mixed reviews of this match. Mixed reviews? As in that the people didn't people didn't really enjoy it? Yeah, there were a few people that thought it was a bit too... I, I, just a bit too full, right. almost. A bit too full, and you had the Velveteen Dream being charismatic almost for the sake of it, and there were a few wee botches from. Uh... See, I I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I think it was it oh. was tied with my favorite match in the card. So that and another match in the card were my two favorites. I would like to have seen Roddy win. Yeah, I mean, as uh, and Velveteen Dream, his uh, entrance as always was was brilliant with um with the Mountie and the. Oh, I don't... Toronto Raptors. That's it, Toronto Raptors, thank you. Yeah, I've seen some mixed reviews, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes next. Roddy, Velveteen in a singles match, maybe? I, potentially. I think... I don't understand why Dunn was there if it wasn't to get the belt off of Dream. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're going to can do, like, another... I don't know, another rematch, where it's a triple threat. Or unless that Dunn was there to keep... Roddy Strong, because he wasn't the one pinned, was he? So it could have been that's why Dunn... Did you just make an excellent pun? Did I? Yeah, you went Dunn was there to make Roddy Strong. Well done. Keep Roddy Strong. Yeah, that's... There we go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was a dream of a pun there. But yeah, Roddy, Roddy I think, should have won the title. I liked Dream as the champion. War Games, maybe that's when they do the... They pull the trigger on the Undisputed Era and give them all the, all the belts. Like, maybe they'll put, like, a, one team versus the Undisputed Era and it'll be champions all the belts are on the line in some way so like if adam cole the undisputed era like we're going to take all the belts but cole's title's on the line and then it's the team of other people who are all the champions and they're like so the tag champs and dream and then someone else challenging maybe riddle whoever wins gets all the belts oh street profits dream and riddle riddle Versus the Undisputed Era in a War Games match, Hello You, as another podcast would say. I think that would be a, an incredible match. And if they did it, like I've just said, with all the titles on the line, I think it could be a match of the year contender. Something that wasn't a match of the year contender, however, was uh, Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. I wasn't keen on this at all. 
yeah, I wasn't invested at all. I really like Shayna Baszler as the champion. Mia Yim, mm. not a big fan of. See, I, I really like Mia Yim, but for some reason she decided to do some quite heelish things and pull out the hair, gouge your eyes, which I wasn't uh, particularly on board with. Yeah, I suppose that that's been in that's quite fitting of the character in recent weeks where she's had a sort of mean streak uh, attacking the mm-hmm. four horsewomen of the UFC. So maybe, I don't know, I just didn't feel like they clicked in that match. No. And I think they were mm-hmm. under a lot of pressure. They were the two... I would say the least they were the least experienced match on the card when it comes to wrestling, especially when you compare it to the other women's match that was on the card. The other two went out and stole the show almost, or in some people's eyes, stole the show anyway. And they're a lot more experienced. So maybe they think they felt the pressure of being on a takeover card and they weren't as good as they should have been. Yeah, I would have also maybe have swapped this and Shirai Larray in the card just for audience reasons because, yeah, this, this match kind of fell flat. It fell flat, but I think if you'd switched the, them around, then the audience would be burnt mm-hmm. out from the triple threat, then Candice, Io, yeah, Io Shirai, and then the main event. Yeah, perhaps. So I think they would have been burnt out too much. Yeah, well, we get on to the main event. We shall go straight into the main event, yeah. Right. The So this was the third in the series of... Um, John Gargano, Adam Cole matches, and I've been uh, uh, heaping in my praise on the other two. I thought the other two had been absolutely fantastic. And so the first fall was going to be a straight-up singles match. Second fall was a street fight. And we found out on the NXT kickoff show that the third fall was... Uh, what did I message you saying it was an Ambrose Asylum. So you said it was, an, it was the Ambrose Asylum, which... It essentially was without the roof. Essentially a three stages of hell match? Yeah, three stages of hell. I think that's what they were sort of marketing it as, wasn't it? I, I, This series that they've had, mm-hmm. I think is the best series of matches WWE has produced. There's been no other two competitors that have gone in consecutive pay-per-views for three shows and done a match that Dave Meltzer will rate five stars or over. See, I don't think this match is going to get five stars. Do you not? I know, no, I certainly wouldn't give it five stars. I see. I I love this one. I was real. I was really disappointed. I think though the disappointment for some people is coming from the fact that their other matches were so good that whatever they did here, yeah. unless it was something insane, it would either be just the same or it wouldn't top it. And for me, I. I think it is at the same level. I think it's a five-star. It's not as good as the other two, but it's still a five-star match. Now, bear in mind, the other two are rated, what, five and a half and five and a quarter, respectively. So this one, even at five stars, you can say it's a worse match, but I think it's still one of the best matches WWE has done in a while. Yeah, it's one of the best matches WWE have done for a while, but there's a few things that really irked me about it. The fact that Johnny goes and gets uh, self disqualified at the first in the first fall, which means that he needs to win two straight. That's you know not the yeah. smartest thing you could be doing, and that o- that only works if you pin Adam Cole straight away, which he didn't. He kind of took him for a wee tour around the arena. Yeah, it's it that didn't make sense to me either. It was a very, I guess it's more they're like oh 
Gargano's still got that mean streak in him. He knows that he needs to sometimes cheat to win. Yeah, and then the the third fall. I don't know. I I didn't think it really needed to be in a Ambrose Asylum without the roof. It c- you could have just had, you know, as we said, a ladder match or a special guest referee match. I thought they would have been equally good, if not better, ways to cap off the feud. Because the way that it ended with Cole running away and them both getting up on that platform where the ladder was. and Yeah, on the sort of table thing. Yeah, and they just fell for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I felt that was a bit strange, them falling. However, the spot itself was great. Oh yeah, the spot, the spot was instantly gifable. The logic behind it, the logic behind it, I think maybe because they were both pushing each other off and they were just, right, we're both going down together. That's the only way I can see any logic around them falling off the, the table through other tables. Yeah, and if this was supposed to be you're cementing Adam Cole as a champion, then him just draping his arm over Johnny Gargano really doesn't do that. Oh, I think that does it fantastically. I think it does it incredibly well because he's a heel and his whole thing is he's better than everyone, but he's he's lucky he was lucky to get put into the title match in the first place he was lucky enough to get put in the title match then and then he, every time he sort of gets a win over Johnny it's more luck than anything I don't know so much I don't think he was lucky to get into the title match to begin with because he won what a fatal five way to get there so he went through some pretty big hitters he did but more so the fact that it was meant to be Champa and he was lucky to be the replacement and he got that opportunity and it sort of led him to the gold and I think it was more that, that it was showing that these two are just completely equal all it took was Cole to just drape an arm and they were both defeated I mean uh, it was going to be very hard to top their first two matches but I really don't think this match did it I was uh, a bit disappointed sadly that's a shame but what would you rate the um, card overall? I uh, see. I thought it was a fairly weak card. I've seen. I've seen much better takeovers. In fact, you could argue that SummerSlam was better. Right. And takeover. I would. I would rate it like a solid three point seven five hogs out of five hogs. Fair enough. I mean, I would. I was going to rate it about yeah okay. three point seven five or four stars. So I would agree. It's not the best takeover, but I don't think it's. Absolutely, it was. I don't know if it was the mm-hmm. worst. I need to ha- go back and have a look at some other cards, like some of the early ones. I think it's probably better than. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I can't think of a worse one, so I would agree that it's maybe the worst one of the new sort of era. Mm-hmm. Shall we just get straight into SummerSlam? We will dive right into Summerfest. I can't wait. Right. So pre-show, uh, I mean, yeah, Drew Gulak beat Oni Larkin, sure, and Buddy Murphy beat Apollo Crews by disqualification, which was pretty much only used to set up an angle where Rowan appeared and beat the absolute Murphy out of Buddy Murphy. He did, yeah. And yeah. it's it's making sense, though, because of SmackDown, which we'll get on to. Mm-hmm. But I thought there was a good use of them on the card. I would like to have seen Buddy versus Roman on the card and then the interference happened on that match. Good, decent pre-show, yeah, and then, but it's a pre- standard pre-show affair. Yeah. Although the final match on the pre-show was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating the Iconics retaining their women's tag team championships and Alexa Bliss was dressed up like Buzz Lightyear. She was and it wasn't a great match at all. No, it's not. But moving on into the main card, show kicks off with Becky Lynch uh, beating Natalia in a submission match which I really enjoyed for what it was. Yeah, good opening contest for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I 
think the outcome was right. I think the match went on the right amount of time. It maybe went over ever so slightly towards the end. I was hoping that it was going to finish, but it was. I think it was the right amount of time they needed, and they, they had good chemistry, which I think they've got better chemistry than Becky had with Lacey. Certainly, and. You know, Becky really needed a fantastic match to solidify her title reign, and I think she's had it. Yeah, it could have been this one. I think it's probably the best match of her title reign. Yeah, certainly. I just want to see her face other talents other than Natalia. I'm not the biggest Natalia fan. I was hope- And I was hoping that after this match, someone would return, and they didn't yet. Yeah, we'll get into that a bit later. I'm so excited. Uh, but up next, we had uh, Big Bill Goldberg beating Dolph Ziggler. This was as predictable and by the numbers as you liked, but it was great. Great segment. Dolph looked like he was murdered numerous times. Goldberg got to hit the spear. Yeah, it was what you, as you said, it's what you would expect from this, and I thought it was great. Dolph was an absolute star in it, and he's probably, what it's been is, he's gone to Vince McMahon and went, I really want to sell a Goldberg spear. Give us five minutes. Hmm. And he's just like, fine, I'll pay him a million. Let's get him on the SummerSlam card. Fair enough. And do you think that's uh, Goldberg kind of revived his legacy after the Saudi Arabia calamity? Yes, uh, yes, 100%. It's it's sort of, if this is his last match, uh, I think he will be a lot more pleased with it. And I think fans will be a lot more pleased. Yeah, the only thing that kind of worries me is that this is going to start setting an ugly precedent because you've got Taker coming back at... Uh, extreme rules and now you've got Goldberg coming back so is this going to happen after every Saudi Arabia show we're just going to have talent that are just rebuilding their legacy after you know kind of destroying it a wee bit after tarnishing it in Saudi Arabia maybe I think Undertaker and Goldberg I'm confused as to why they needed to be brought back however their usage after Saudi Arabia has been very good I would like to I'm glad that it was Goldberg and not Shawn Michaels facing Dolph Ziggler that would have just been a super kick vest yeah, but more the fact that despite Michaels having a match last year in Saudi Arabia, I never want to see him wrestle again. I feel like him coming out of retirement ruined the perfect retirement. So I don't want to see him back in the ring again. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I kind of don't want to see him. Uh, moving on, we had AJ Styles with the, the OC, and he beat Ricochet. Uh, what was Ricochet wearing? So it was inspired by Nightwing from the DC Comics. It was right. Dick Grayson. Loads of people thought it was a tribute to Black Panther. It wasn't. It was Nightwing. I don't know why he chose to wear this, but he did. And it's a sort of full body outfit thing. Yeah, it was a bit a bit much. Very demolition. Yeah. Very demolition. Uh, was it Corey Graves that said if you get abs like that, why would you cover them up? And you know, good point. It's it's a very good point. Why would you? But yeah, it was a tribute to the DC comics superhero Nightwing, who was a protege of Batman, formerly known as Robin. Thanks for the uh, superhero round up there. You're welcome. I, I don't, I, I don't know about this match. I, because the two are capable of having an absolute classic, but it was a bit slow. I would agree. It was a very, very slow match for what they are like and what we were expecting from them. And I don't know why that was. Perhaps, perhaps the chemistry wasn't there that night. Maybe they just didn't click. They weren't feeling it as much. It was still a decent match, but it it took a wee bit to get into. Yeah. Very nice spot though with Ricochet walking over Anderson and Gallows to do sort of Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, it was a Hurricanrana that he did on Yeah. 
yep, the runner on AJ on the yeah. So that was an incredible spot, and there's still some great moments in this match. Wasn't what I expected in terms of stealing the show. I thought it could be one of the best matches on the card, and it wasn't. Another match that wasn't one of the best on the cards was Bailey against Ember Moon. Nothing happened. Yeah. Again, it was. It seems like something that would happen on SmackDown. I really don't have much to say on this match. It wasn't. It, it wasn't interesting me at all. This match was kind of a dud for me. No, complete dud. Speaking of duds, Kevin Owens beat Shane McMahon, which means that Kevin Owens doesn't have to leave WWE. Why was Kevin Owens being incredibly stupid in this match? Because when there's a rule that if you lose, you get fired or whatever and a chair gets introduced, the, the, for some reason, if you're a face, you, you just, you're like really tempted to hit them. Uh, it just, it does, it's very annoying. Yeah. And I, I wish they hadn't done it with Owens because he's a smart character. His character's smart. Yeah. And of course, we had the going outside the ring, having a go at Elias, forgetting the count out. Why are baby faces stupid? Because Vince McMahon doesn't know how to book them any differently. It's got to be they're stupid and they've got to they've got to just be the the stereotypical model of a face, someone who just doesn't understand things and is a fighting the good fight. I mean, we're got we've seen more of uh, Shane since and I hope this just reaches its natural conclusion pretty soon. Do you think they're going to have a, another match? I would imagine so. So do you think next time they'll put Shane's career on the line? I think they'll do them both. You think? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. What's the next pay-per-view? Is it Hell in a Cell? No, it's Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. See, I think they maybe will go to Hell in a Cell because it was two years ago at Hell in a Cell. Uh-huh. Those two had a match. Yeah, but that's nearly, you know, that'll nearly be a year of Shane on telly. It will, yeah. Since It'll be like a year since he won the World Cup. Yeah, because it's like Survivor Series usually comes back and then I I just don't want to see him ever again. I know the pain. I know the pain. He's he's not very good, is he? He's he's not very good at anything. He has no qualities of a a professional wrestler. He's really good at sweating. (laughs) True, he is very good at sweating. He's a sweaty, sweaty boy, but I I, I think we'll see it go to Hell in a Cell and that's when Shane will lose. Like, they'll put, at Clash of Champions, Shane's career's on the line, he wins, Hell in a Cell, both careers are on the line, Owens wins. Ugh, I just want him away. I just want him away forever. Speaking of someone who's going away forever, uh, Trish Stratus lost her final match to Charlotte Flair, and this is getting the five-star hog splash. Wow, this one's getting your five-star hog splash. I thought this was great. It was great, I, I I mean I'm I could be forgetting it. I I don't know if it was match of the night for me, but it was pretty damn good. Like they've got great chemistry together. Charlotte made Trish look like a million bucks, and Trish made Charlotte look like a million bucks. So like win win for both of them. Yeah, of course they had that uh, Trish doing that fantastic figure eight spot. Like a figure eight is really hard to do. Apparently, I've never tried it. Uh, Trish looked amazing in this, and I, I she could still hang. With some of the other ones here in the company, she really, she she could. I think she's one of the standouts from that era when women's wrestling wasn't really women's yeah. wrestling, and I think she's improved over the years since actually retiring. I think maybe fifteen years ago she wouldn't have been able to hang with the likes of Charlotte and Becky and Sasha and Bailey and 
all the other members yeah. of the roster. Whereas now she really did come across as someone who can competently wrestle, not just the ultra stress. A really, really enjoyable match. Uh, Charlotte is a great heel. As as much as I hate her, she's amazing. Wonder how long it'll be before she's women's champion again. Oh, before you've just finished that sentence, she's champion <laughs> again. She's she, they seem to like to put the belt on her and then take it off very quickly so she can get as many reigns as possible, which is less impressive than having a long reign. Like that's the thing that always gets touted. It's like oh, the sixteen-time world champion, but that means he's lost it sixteen times. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But you know what, WWE, you're like with the numbers and the records. And um, speaking of numbers, uh, the number ten was used in this match, and no, Sean Spears wasn't there. However, it was a double count out between Kofi and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. This was getting on to being a good little match, and then there was the quickest ten count in I think the history of wrestling. It was, yeah, it was. A bit abrupt, wasn't it? It was kind of an abrupt ending for this match. I enjoyed the two of them in the ring, and I think the match could have been so much more. I think we'll see much more in the next few months. But yeah, not a SummerSlam. It shouldn't be ending in a count-out at your second biggest show of the year. Uh, although, after the match, Kofi got a little bit of an edge to him, beat uh, yeah, beat Randy with a candlestick, and then for some reason hit Trouble in Paradise in the middle of the ring. Which I, I kind of don't get, yep. but, you know, uh, we don't understand baby faces apparently. No, they, they're all a bit wacky these days. They don't really have logic, but maybe we will uh, see Kofi using logic at the next pay-per-view at Clash of Champions because he'll, he'll be facing Randy yeah. Orton again. Maybe maybe he'll learn. Right. Will we, uh, will we talk about The Fiend? I think we should. I mean, I would talk about it, but I'm kind of speechless at the whole thing. Yeah, it was uh, like it was absolutely mad, but it was wonderful. It was great. More of this. Oh, 100%. It was potentially the best re-debut WWE's done. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, certainly that I can think of. And I think it's all just down to Bray. His imagination and him, he's a really good creative mind, I think. Without him, this wouldn't work. So props to him. He's a star now. He's absolutely amazed. Oh, yeah. If they can keep the momentum going this is the character that you needed to actually get to that push through the glass ceiling and break it down but this is it i kind of don't really know where we go with the fiend now because it was interesting that he wasn't on raw smackdown which is fine but i don't know does the fiend go after the belt is the fiend above belts who knows i think the fiend is above belts i think that's it's like with the undertaker where the undertaker was never defined by the titles he won Mm -hmm. obviously it was more of the mystique and the streak and I think it will be very similar with The Fiend. He doesn't need a title. If he goes after a title, it'd be strange. I can see maybe Firefly Funhouse Bray going after a title. I don't ever want to see Firefly Funhouse Bray in a ring. Just keep it to The Fiend. So you don't want to see him, like, I would quite like to see the Firefly Funhouse Bray, like, as a split personality, kind of like what Mankind, what Mick Foley did was, like, you never knew which one yeah. you were going to get. And I suppose that's got a bit of, um, and the reason the reason he wasn't on Raw or SmackDown is apparently because they want the mystique of the, the the fiend to be that he can strike at any point, but you won't know when. And it's a special attraction, so I think they're re- they're going to be booking him exactly how we want him to be booked, where it is a special attraction, and we don't see a lot of him, and the mystique is still there because overexposure will what is what will kill this gimmick. But I wouldn't mind seeing a couple more vignettes from the Firefly Funhouse. I thought they were great when they came in post-Mania. And more of them would be greatly appreciated. Totally agree. Bray's entrance was 
it was great because I I was kind of a bit concerned as to oh are they gonna just have him walk to the ring? But no, the lighting and the camera work, the remix of his music was great, and of course the lantern with <laughs> the lantern with Bray's old head on it. It was quite terrifying the whole thing. I can I can imagine being a child and that that would properly frighten you. Yeah, it was. I was worried that they were going to give him just carnival music because of the the way he sort of styled the fiend like with the weird trousers or they were going to give him yeah. something that wasn't quite fitting of him but the music was perfect it was a, obviously a remix of his old theme mm-hmm. we live in fear it was like a it was a very strange experience watching his entrance the crowd chanted numerous things <laughs> Just because of the entrance, he's an absolute star, and that entrance came across very much like the Undertaker's entrance. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, speaking of absolutely fantastic, and um, you might notice that I've not mentioned the yet another wrestling podcast predictions championship until now because we were neck and neck up until this, up until this main event. And you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you over because Seth Rollins won, which means that I, I didn't regain the title, but I'm okay with it. Given how good this match was, yeah, they they kind of knew that Seth Rollins was going to get booed out of the building, which is why they had that little segment with Bret Hart. So Bret Hart also being the first superstar to jump from AEW to WWE. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. I don't under, I don't know how they did it. Like we needed a miracle to have us believe in Seth Rollins as a face again, but we got a miracle and it worked. This match was brilliant. This match is my match of the night. I think. Okay. I think it did exactly what it needed to do. As you said, it, it got people behind Seth again. And Brock, it was a Brock match where he was actually invested. Mm-hmm. And I think it was better than their Mania match, which you can maybe not class as a match, but better than their previous encounters. And it was a, exactly what we needed. We got the Beast Slayer, whiny man on Twitter. Yes, and he, he came out on Raw and cut a pretty decent promo as well. Yeah, he's fire, firing on all cylinders right now, and it seems like he's finally over the whatever thing was jinxing him throughout his first sort of reign as the Universal Champion. The less said about that, the better. Hopefully now they can they can go forth. It looks like he's going to be facing Braun at Classic Champions, which I'm all right with, but I would kind of like it if Braun wouldn't keep losing championship matches. Yeah, I was I'm interested to see if they actually do go with Braun as his sort of challenger because I'd imagine it would be a, a few like pay-per-views that Braun would challenge, and I just I don't think he's the right guy to challenge for it. Well, I mean, who else would you have? For me, it's a bit too about two years too late for Braun. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I think two years ago it was when they should have put the title on him, and I think now people are sort of losing interest in him. Put who else would I choose? I don't know. I would maybe if they'd elevated him enough, have like Andrade feud uh-huh. with him. It's not happening. No. We'll see, but uh, overall for SummerSlam, it was a fairly, fairly decent card. A few duds in the middle, but on the whole, it was I, I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, at the time, I thought it was a bit meh, but since going back and you know having a think about some of the things, it was it was actually a pretty decent show. Oh, it was really good. I think the past two SummerSlams have been incredibly exceptional, like above average mm-hmm. for WWE. With I think this year's was. Not as good as last year's, but the matches that were good were better, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best matches on this card were better than anything that was on last year's card, but overall last year's was mm-hmm. better. And I think most importantly, well, more so for us in the UK, 
it finished an hour short, an hour earlier than I thought it would. Yeah, it was only three hours and twenty minutes, which was very nice. Was wonderful that they they kept the show short and it made it actually seem so much better. Uh-huh. We got all the matches we wanted to see, but none of them were given too much time that they dragged, and there was no pointless segments. All the matches were important. But I mean, are are they maybe finally learning that less is more? They might well be. I think they're wanting to do just whatever it takes to get an edge up on AEW in advance before they get the TV deal. Yeah, I suppose. But hey, take these short three and a half hour pay per views while they last. Definitely, don't don't waste waste them. Watch them and enjoy them exactly. before they go back to the six hour Saudi Arabia shows. Oh, don't. Uh, Raw happened on Monday, as Raw tends to do, and it was it was it was a good show. It was good. It was a better than average Raw. Not too much happened apart from Sasha Banks returned. And she's got yeah. blue hair. It's not purple and it's not fake. It's not a weave. It's actually blue and it's her hair. Now, if we were in an English class, they would get us to annotate and, and like try and understand why it's blue. Now, David, what, what do you take from the colour blue? Uh, sadness. Sadness. Maybe Sasha is sad. And that's why she's dyed her hair blue. She's angry. She's sad. She's sad at the state of the women's division because of the man, Becky Lynch. And that's why she's back. I don't know. That's what an English like an English teacher yeah. would get us to do. It's great. She's back. And I'm glad she attacked Becky Lynch. I wouldn't be too disappointed if Sasha took the belt off her at Clash of Champions. I, yeah, I think that's the right call, to be honest. Becky's reign has been good, but I don't think it's been anything too special. Her momentum is still high, and I think Becky works better chasing the title. However, with the game coming out... Oh. Oh. And Becky's on the cover, it would make more sense for her to be the champion for all promotional stuff. What happened last year with AJ being on the cover, he held the title right through the release. Mm-hmm. When is the game out? October 22nd. So they've got until then. So I think Hell in a Cell is just before it. Right. So you reckon that she'd lose the title, and she can't lose the title at Survivor Series. So unless mm. they, unless they were to just be like, well, we don't need her to be. If she's going to lose it, I think it'll be Clash of Champions. She won't lose it at Hell in a Cell because it's like the week the game releases, and you don't want to have oh, see the loser from this championship match on the cover of the game. Yeah, it's interesting the way that they kind of have to book around these things. Yeah, they, they booked around it last year by having AJ keep the title through to November. And he was the champ. He was, I think there was like two weeks after the game released, he lost the title to Daniel Bryan. So, I mean, that was pretty much it. And then hey, you had a cracking match between Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre as well. Yeah, although I think it was topped the next night on, on SmackDown by Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy. Yeah. This is a match of the year contender. It was insanely good. They were... Roman made Buddy look like he was the greatest thing to step in a ring. And I think Buddy elevated Roman as well to really showcase how good Roman is. They've got incredible chemistry. And I would say that this, if this doesn't push Buddy Murphy up into that sort of upper mid-card main event scene, I don't know what will. Yeah, I mean, I, it was both of them were great matches. You also had Charlotte versus Ember Moon. Which was great as well. Yeah. SmackDown is, yep, it was really, it. really good this week. Yep. Really good. Definitely go and check out Matt, those two matches. Right. So that was that was this week in WWE. It was indeed. It was really good. Everyone go check out 
NXT, SummerSlam, Raw and SmackDown, specifically the matches that we sort of said were the best. Go and watch them. They're really good. Yes. Uh, we'll be back uh, for Clash of Champions. In... We will indeed. It's a few weeks' time. It's Yeah, it's only like three weeks until we've got the next big pay-per-view, which is mad. Yeah. But we will be back. Hopefully we will be back in the studio at that point, as we will be back at uni. Yeah. So but it's exciting times. Uh, so Fraser, until then, where can people keep up with you on the internet? People can keep up with me at the Fraser Porter on both Instagram and Twitter. You can get me on Twitter, just Twitter, really. I don't really post anywhere else at B David Hogg. What does the B stand for this week? Uh Baron Corbin because I miss him. Oh, big bands. Yeah. Well, fantastic, and you can catch the show at yawp underscore pod on twitter make sure to go and subscribe to us and yeah do all the stuff on itunes give us a review yes thank you right we'll see you for class champions until then see you later see ya